Welcome to Road School Moms Radio, where education meets adventure, right here on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. I'm Mary Beth Goff, the road trip teacher, sharing my adventures in homeschooling from behind the wheel of my RV, currently in America's backyard. And I'm Holly Giles from the Giles Frontier, sharing my experiences in parenting right here on my back porch in Central Florida. Join us as we share our Christian perspective on parenting and home education. So find yourself a quiet, cozy spot, and let's share a little time together. Salutations, Road School Moms. It's episode 176 here at the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. And we are excited to come to you today together. Holly and I are on her back porch again in Central Florida, bringing you this podcast all about the curriculum crunch. And I'm sure that you're feeling it no matter where you're at in the country. It's spring. Yes. Right? Spring brings lots of feelings, doesn't it? It does. We're going to do a show in a couple of weeks about spring fever. We are. And that's no, we this... already did it. We did? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. That's why I remember talking yes, about it. because we waited. We just talked about it. So <laughs> we're coming off of spring fever, which we were excited about. We had all of our things. And now we want to get back into some things that might be preventing us from... I must have a fever. Time. I don't remember that. <laughs> It was just last week. Oh, wasn't my it? goodness. Yeah, I guess it was. I need to get with it. Two weeks ago. That's why it was two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It's been a rough It's the pollen. That's what it is. It's all the pollen. We're in the being air. dripped with pollen right now. It is. Well, I'm sure that you're feeling it, trying to reach the end of that, I don't know, the end of the year, whatever that means. It is. So if you're a homeschool mom, we, I think we do it to ourselves, though. We have a deadline. I don't know. Some some people want to be done by the time public school's done. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they have a vacation or specific. Everybody does school differently. Maybe they do it in quarters, mm-hmm. you know, and then take time off. But for everyone, there's that push that we've got to be done. Every page. Right. Every book. The whole stack of it that came in that big shiny box. We're going to check it off. Is that how you feel? It is how I feel. And I'm really, I am bad about wanting a complete, not portfolio, but I want the completed work. I want to look at it. I want to see it at the end. I feel like that's my, my, not my kids. <laughs> that's my. That's it right there. Pat on the back. That's, or that's yours. my validation that we were done. We did a good job. Look at how wonderful the handwriting is. And sometimes I have to remind myself that has nothing to do whether they learned what they needed to learn and, and if what got covered was really important and all of that. Yes. So I'm glad we're doing this podcast. Yes. Because I think we all fall victim to it. If you ask me if I'm falling victim to it this year, I'm going to say no. It's been kind of a crazy year around here. And I've done this long enough. <laughs> right. That I know when it's time for our evaluation, I am going to scramble and where's this? Where's that? You know, looking for everything, gather it all up, thinking in my mind that we did not enough of this and not enough of that. And once we get it all in the boxes and we take it to our evaluator, Cheryl, and she sits down with the kids and starts going through it, then you're like, oh, well, we, oh yeah, we kind of did. Oh, oh, I forgot about that. Mm -hmm. And realize that we don't have to finish every page of every book of 
the 50 books I might have set out at the beginning of the year. Right. <laughs> that it really just comes down to how our year transpired. And I think that's kind of what I want to share with listeners this week is how our homeschool has evolved from waiting for the big shiny box and trying to fit it all in. And now we're more towards what can we add to our life to educate our boys. I agree. It's a good time of year to be talking about this also because convention season is just starting yes, to gear it is. up and i think moms get wide-eyed and yes and you know i could never understand i was so aggravated i can remember the first convention i took my kiddos it was fpea and i was so excited to take them because i wanted them to look at things and see what they thought and they were so over it by the first five seconds and when i look back it's because i was running around like a chicken uh, with my head off like I look my at this oh look my gosh that. yes i was looking at this like that oh, wouldn't you like to do this and i can remember tyler saying but i thought we were doing that and right. i'm like well we are well then how can we i mean i vividly remember i bounced him from not grass that booth and we went straight to apology like i was it was all you know some pretty hefty curriculum choices yes and i was literally stacking it up and he was like what are you thinking you just brought something to mind for me because if you look at those curriculum which not grass i love it Mm -hmm. i love them as a family for sure apologia love it spent time with rachel and Mm -hmm. davis as well however if you look If you're thinking, okay, I have to do history this year, I have to do science this year, we're gonna do astronomy or something like that, and you bring all those books together, and if you think in your mind that you are actually going to get through all of that in one year, you're out of your mind. Well, you because can get, but you can get through it, but some you're probably gonna have, have a very good relationship with your kids. Plus, right. you probably might be <clears throat> either hanging out from a tree somewhere or in a crazy you know place. why. <laughs> Because if you look at each of those curriculums, okay, Knotgrass does a fabulous job of bringing in the literature with mm-hmm. the history, bringing in the science with the, right. you know, of really tying all that in. Then if you go to Apologia and you look through all of the extra, if you do the notebook, right. you know, their notebooks have just a wonderful array of things. Well, it really, I have, I found after years of beating my head against the wall was we're going to do one of those. So this season we might just do that science and then bring all of that. And really you're going to touch on everything. I think that's where moms get so boggled. Yes, I agree. Because they think it all has to be done, but they've (laughs) all done because they want, you know, all that stuff ties. That's what it goes back to is it, everything ties in together Mm -hmm. And those companies have raised homeschool kids. They understand how it works and they do a fabulous job. But I think if you're trying to do them all at the same time, you're you're going to lose your mind. Right. Well, and your kids aren't going to get the benefit out of it no. because you're going to be cramming it down their throat instead yes. of letting them 
you know, letting it gel with them and letting them learn the parts of it that they really want to learn about and give them the extra time to learn more about the parts that they're really interested in. Because if you're on a schedule and especially this time of the year, well, we don't have time for that. You know I mean? Right. Skip it. Pass right. over it. Oh, oh yeah. We, we don't get that. that. We can't do that because we got to go over here to right. this, to this. <clears throat> and so I think, oh, well, we don't have time to do that. So we just won't do that part. And that may have been the thing that they enjoyed the most. I find that with my That's kids. That's true. So I think that it's, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head. And I think it's really important to not rush through whatever you're using mm-hmm. and take your time and, and look. And, and, you know, here's another thing. Like you just said, just because there's all the extras doesn't mean you have to do them all at the same time. That's true. It could be a different Or you don't season. have to do them at all. Like right. if you really feel that you need to cover those subjects, then you need to narrow that, narrow right. that down. One thing we've learned over the years, which only by you know mistake is how we learn is in our home we kind of do things uh, not really by season but we really just take one thing at a time so if we're going to do that apology of science that's really our core thing Mm -hmm. yes we're going to do math and we're going to do our language arts but then that science is what we're going to do and we're going to do that maybe four weeks or six weeks and then we're going to switch over here rotate and really just kind of adjust and see how that goes instead of Okay, we're going to do history for three days a week. And oh, we're going to yes. do science four days a week. <clears throat> I tried that because that was bringing school home, and that did not work for us at all. You know, too, my kids really don't like to do that because what happens invariably, and it took me a few years to figure this out, too, so that's where we're both the same in that respect. I think they, or for my kids anyway, they, they, if you do something on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you know, it breaks up their learning. It does pattern or what mm-hmm. you know so if you're on something like you're saying for four to six weeks that's so wonderful because they just keep building on that and we've talked so much the last few shows about building layers in your education in your foundation that's exactly what this is so if you're just building on that same subject building around it and building on it for those four to six weeks how much more they're going to retain and really learn and and just kind of stay on that same path and not jump around and you know, different, just because it's Tuesday doesn't mean that you right. can't learn science. And I love, I think we need to keep using your word layering, <clears throat> especially if you have a child who is dif- has a difficult time learning, has a difficult time reading. If you're breaking up that mm-hmm. and disjointing that for them, that's going to make that more difficult to absorb I in agree. their mind. But if we are spending that extra time every day on the reading... Like the Apologia and the Knotgrass too, reading aloud to them, mm-hmm. it's almost like a story form. You can continue that story. Right. Just like if you're doing a read aloud book, continue that story and, and build that as part of your routine instead of, all right, from 11 to 12, we're doing this and that yeah. and the other. And we're not knocking that if that works No, so in it your might home. work for your home. That's good. And if it does, that's awesome. That is awesome. But we're two veteran moms sitting here. We've got high schoolers, and we're looking back at mm-hmm. what we've learned and the mistakes we've made along the way. And we know there's a lot of new homeschool moms out there, even ones that are still kind of struggling to find their footing. So we just like to give you some options that we've learned along the way. Because I believe both Mary Beth and I really are learning lifestyle families. You know, curriculum does not is not our master. We right. use it as a tool, and we found ways to use less and less yes. of those tools. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> I can remember to those first years, I thought I had to have all of this. 
I mean, oh, I think my it word. gave me confidence because I thought, well, I've got, you know, this from this company and so-and-so recommended this to me. And, oh, my friend over here used this last year and she loved it. And, you know, so I think for me it was a confidence builder those first years to have all of this boxes Stuff. around me. Yes. That, you know, kind of built up my confidence. But in reality, it, it tore away so, the grain of what we were doing. When I first started homeschooling, my neighbor and I, we homeschooled together with our kids and I would say we were curriculum junkies. And you're 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 in my home. You've been in and out of my home for the past three weeks, you know, on your travels. And you know we've got the books, right? <laughs> you you know we've got the books. But you I do. have had double of what you see crammed in this <laughs> tiny house before. And we would lurk the used curriculum sales. We would be in line, Mary Beth, at six thirty in the morning with our bags ready to go and (laughs) piling the car and doing all of that with all this stuff Mm -hmm. that we thought we were either going to do, will do, or we're going to get to it because it's so good and we've read about it. Don't you love it when you buy stuff that you don't even need right now, but you think, oh, I'm going to buy this because I'm going to need it for someday someday or next year or two years from now or whatever. And I look back now and think, what in the world was I thinking? I know. But then what happens is you get to this point in your year and you're like, okay, I didn't get to that. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to get cram that in. All right, kids, we are staying in the house. We aren't going anywhere. I'm locking the doors <laughs> and we're sitting at this desk and then you know what happens. Yes. The attitudes and, you know, I have been known on occasion to be crying in the bathroom that I have ruined my children. <laughs> <laughs> Because I, know, I understand that we point. didn't get through that book this year, and they don't know the days of the week in order, and you know right. I've been there and I've done that, mm-hmm. and not to say I don't do that still on occasion, but it was a lot more frequent. It's easy to get into that mindset. I think we're all moms. I don't care whether you have a homeschooled kid, a co-op kid, a public school kid, what your right. season is with your child. You I want the think, best for them, yes. and so you always think, oh my goodness. Am I doing it enough? Do I know, you know, do they know enough? Um, So I think that's normal. The big thing I think we want moms to know too is we're never going to teach them everything they need to know. Mm -hmm. There will be gaps and that's okay. And the cool thing is, is that God fills in their gaps that they need. Because the gaps for Grayson are going to be different for Grant, mm-hmm. and what they need is going to be different. And uh, did you go and hear the farewells at Books and Beyond? I missed it. Tina Farewell I and her husband, it. who to me are huge mentors. And when you hear their story of all of their kids, you'll just get rid of all that fluff. <laughs> you will. Uh, I want them, I want to have them on. We need to have them on. Well, let's do it sometime. Let's do that. Yeah. They're amazing, amazing, amazing people. So now that we've shared what we used to do and what we think we should do, and we've got some, maybe some new moms listening and some veteran moms looking for some new ideas. So what can we share with them on what are some solutions to really kind of beating this cur- curriculum crunch in our minds where we just get worked up and... And really, it all, it comes back to comparing too, because if you, I, I know, you know, so and so's finished this book, and we're oh, already starting on that. the next math, yeah. you know. And my son probably won't finish math till the end of the summer. I'm not sure. 
Well, we won't spend a lot of time talking about why you shouldn't compare because there's a show for that already in our arsenal. A couple of shows, I'm sure. Yes. Um, the Comparison Myth is a hugely popular show here at Road School Moms. Yes. And that's for a reason because I think we all do it. So if you miss it, I'll give you the two cents worth really quickly. Uh, comparing yourself to others leads to envy. It leads to a horrible feeling. And it does nothing positive for your situation. And discontent between you and your children. Absolutely. For sure. And that's not why we homeschool. Right. It sends you in the wrong direction right, right out of the gate. So it's important not to do that in the beginning and really just to look where your kiddos are. And I mean, I know this sounds so unicorns and rainbows, but you have to look <laughs> at them for what they are and be happy with who they are and what they are and what they know and build on that. Yes. And if they're not strong in math, then... Don't beat them over the head with yes, it. Yes. I mean, do what you need to do. I'm not saying if they're not strong in math, they don't need to do it. But... You know, if they're not strong in math, then find what they are strong in and build on that and build their confidence in that. And in turn, it'll build your confidence within your homeschool program. And you know what usually happens is if you can, this, I had learned this in my own home, but now I share this with other families. I see it in their families when they realize that when you focus so much on your child's weaknesses, they start to believe of course. that that's who they are. Yes, it is. So if you can change that and say, okay, math is, or whatever is not happening for us right now, but reading and writing, whatever, let's focus on that. Let's take that to a new level and really focus on it. The thing is, is your child could be a late bloomer in that part of their brain is just not ready yet. Right. And giving them a little time and space, developing other areas and then slowly bringing that back in. I have a lot of parents who really get upset about the multiplication tables. Right. And they're in third grade. They have not memorized them yet. I don't know what's wrong with my child. What is going on? <laughs> and yeah. everyone who's gone beyond me, everyone just starts laughing because it's sort of like a universal thing. Right. It, is. it takes forever mm -hmm. for most not all to really comprehend it get it memorize it come out like you want it to mm -hmm. and it's just one of those things that you just have to keep at it it's not gonna it's a repetition yes thing. a repetition thing for you have years to build on it you have to keep using it layering for layering. years yep so we're just telling you if your kids haven't mastered multiplication it's okay, it's okay. most of the rest of the children have not either Right. There are a few that get it right off the bat and whiz, memorize it, no problem. But for most, it takes a really long time, years. And that's to build okay. That. Yes. Because again, we're homeschooling and that's okay because we want that foundation. I'd rather that take them that long to where it really is part of them. Right. You know? So another solution you, were talk you and I were talking about was looking at our time, being real mm -hmm. with our time that we have to give to our school day. This goes back to, you know, I, I've said this before and I, I, keep, I keep saying it almost every show, but you really have to take your mom cape off sometimes because I think that we all think 
that we can do it all, that we can multitask, and it's okay if we have two kids or four kids or seven kids. We can still do everything that we started doing in the first place, and it's not realistic. It it's bad for you. It's bad for your. Yes. It's bad for you <laughs> in the first place. But well, we all know what happens when mom's not happy. When mom's not happy, and nobody happy. <clears throat> That's right. So what it leads to is just huge discontentment in your house. So I love that you are bringing this about the way you're talking to be real because you really have to look at your day. How many kids do you have to take care of in your home today? Right. Because, How many kids do you have and what are the ages? Because that's very right, important. Right. Because the first thing you have to look is how often do they need to be fed? How much attention do they need for, you know, individual attention for certain things that I'm not even talking about homeschool. I'm talking about. Right. We want you to start with your day. Right. We're not even talking about schooling. No. And let's just say meals. It's, you, it's, you know it's not a five-minute deal. No. Okay? Even if you're just throwing cereal and a gallon of milk at them, it's more than five minutes. So you really have to add up the time that mm-hmm. it takes for your meals, for cleanup. What else are we going to do in a day? Well, we're probably going to get dressed. Take well, baths. you know you're going to have dirty laundry. <laughs> going to have some laundry. You're going to have a little picking up And there's going to gonna be milk on the floor from breakfast. Right. And, and if maybe you have some a dog, butter. you probably ate that and... Then that'll be another mess. Do you have the peanut butter syndrome in your house where it doesn't just end up on the knife? Somehow it gets <laughs> all over the counter and then somebody on sits, the door of yes, the refrigerator. And somebody sits their elbow in it. I don't understand Then that. they lean up against the How wall. How does that happen? I don't know. Drives don't me know. insane. That's universal. Okay. So then you got to clean up the peanut butter. Yes. And that's, who knows how long that could take because it's everywhere. <laughs> So now we're going to talk, we're talking about time. So evaluate your time that you have to take care of your kids, your house, your family. Are there, do you have reoccurring appointments in your week? So we're looking at Monday through Friday. Like us for many years, if you have a special needs child, do you have therapy appointments, doctor's appointments? You've got to factor that into your Mm -hmm. week. Right. Because if you're going every Tuesday and Thursday at 11, Odds are you're not going to get much done in that morning time. You're just going to have a little bit of time in the afternoon, and you have to find a way to appropriate that time. And then what about sports or must-do must do things that are important to you your kids? Right. What are some of those items that would be? <clears throat> well, I think that's where you have to think about priorities. So if you have... And two, you know, you just brought up a good point. If there are short days in your week that are in your season, maybe just this year or this fall or this spring, whatever, that's a great time to look and see, okay, well, what are the priorities? Do we have music, other music lessons that you could fit in in those afternoons? Or is that a place where you could, you know, put your kiddos in a, on a co-ed or co soccer team or, you know, something like that? If there are those extracurriculars, those are great days when you have short days to work those in and not then it kind of takes the guilt away. You're, you know, you're using your time wisely. And so now we've talked about our allotment of time. We've talked about how many children we have, the age ranges, their needs, the time it takes to care, the chores, really living. (laughs) And then we work in our must do's, which would be appointments we might have. If there's sports or music or those things that are important to your family and as you go on, if they are not important to your family, you need to reevaluate that. <clears throat> so now we're going to look at what time we have left. Mm-hmm. 
And what is it, now that we've thought of it from that way, which most people would think of working backwards. Right. What time do you have left and what is most important to you mm-hmm. for them to learn at that age? And what I say is let's start with the three R's. Yes, that's, I mean, that was something that I focused on early on and still to this day in my homeschool journey is very important to me. I, I feel like if I can cover the three R's, I'm, it's all going to be okay. And that's really how I operate. Yes. And I think this is the point, too, where you really have to look at, this is me. I know that some households may differ, but I, I like to homeschool as much as I can across the ages for as much as I can. Yes. Because that's a time saver. But it also, for me, I can't tell you the, I don't know if the word joy, I don't want to sound all sappy today or anything, but it's it's really joyous for me to watch one of my kids help the other one read or, you know, I purposely this year crossed some of my kiddos together with the same projects and things so that they could help each other. And they've gotten really good at watching out for each other and saying, oh, you know, you forgot to do this or, hey, you know, do you want to work on this together? It's been a good thing. And so I think that's something that, whether you've been homeschooling just for six months or six years, that's a valid thing to remember. It is because many families, for us, this is why we homeschool. Mm-hmm. Because I have the one-room schoolhouse mentality is what I have. Now, there could be families <clears throat> who have brought their kiddos home not really thinking about the structure of homeschool. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like they might have been in school it's not working out. We're coming home. They really don't know what their philosophy is. And they're just trying to survive. They get a curriculum. They're kind of following the whole school mentality. And for most, not all, it starts to fall apart. And they feel like they, they're they not going to homeschool. This isn't working out mm-hmm. and that type of thing. And if you have grown up in the school system, if you have children of different ages, sometimes you really can't see past that school mentality that they really can learn all together. Well, and I'm going to say if you have, I mean, even if you just have two kiddos, you know, if you've got three, four, five kiddos and you're trying to do math and reading and spelling and writing and social studies or science and extra things for each kid at different t- I mean if you're doing that there's no time please send me an email or yes. talk to us on Facebook because I'm going to give call you, you on the phone we're going to have a parade for you because <laughs> I, I mean it's was impossible for me and it yeah. wasn't until I started <laughs> looking to see what I could do across the board that's when we I started reading aloud to my kids all together I mean even in the beginning yes. I will tell you I tried to read oh well I wanted to read aloud to my younger one because I didn't think my older one would like the book she liked and all of that. And I quickly found that that was completely inaccurate. And the things that, you know, I could do morning time. I know we've had shows about morning time and, you know, poetry tea time. That's another one that is, is been very well received in my household. Those are things that are across the ages that really are are time saver, but they're also very effective. Yes. And generally what I have found, my kids are three years apart and I can, I always do history together. Mm -hmm. I do uh, well, our history and science, really, we've done together. In, in my personal opinion, Us too. I do not believe you need a science textbook until really almost high school is my opinion. And my studies that I've studied and learned is really the world around you, obviously, from the books that I've written, you know, the world around you, all that is what builds their curiosity, teaches them, and then they're ready 
for those foundations that they're learning in high school for science. So doing that together, whatever their age, there's room for both of them there. Reading aloud, my philosophy is read to the older and trickle down. Mm-hmm. Let them play with the matchbox cars. Let them do puzzles, all of that while you're reading. And you're like, oh, well, they won't be interested in that. No, they will. But you you kind of intersperse. And you know those older kids are going to come around when you read Blueberries for Sal. I'm right. sorry. They just are. Right. Yep. So we start with the chapter book. We yep. might only read a chapter a day, but we're all going to sit together. Then, or, you know, or vice versa, we might start with a short little read read aloud and then go to the chapter book but I learned you know that is how we really thrived here was blending as much as we could obviously writing uh, language arts type things Mm -hmm. and math we don't do those together however we're at a season where my older son is now helping my younger exactly with his math right that's the part which I is love. a glorious place to be it is when you it? don't remember <laughs> do those things well and sometimes you know for me the other thing that i have found i am not the best teacher sometimes when i understand something i have two of my kiddos that that do things i'm going to talk about math particularly right now i have two kids that do math just like me i have a photographic memory i am pretty good at math i have two good kids that are also good at math they formulate and process things similar to me. My other two kids are completely opposite. They are not like that. They struggle a little bit in math and I have a hard time teaching them because I can't teach them how they need to learn that. Mm -hmm. And so what I found there's times when my kids are better teachers than I am because they're on their own level with their brother, their sister, and they understand. They know how they think better than I do because it's their brother. And so it's easy for them to say, well, you know, this is how it is. And I've seen that with um, Tanner and Tyler on more than one occasion. When one of them will show the other one something and I'll think, well, how in the world did he know to tell him that? And again, we're going to, I'm going to say like you like to say is take off your cape because you cannot, you really can't teach them everything in the way no. that works for them. Right. And my younger son will say, mom, I, you just don't do that well, but Grayson does. I get it. So I have to let that happen mm-hmm. because the goal is for him to learn, not that I taught him right. how to do it. That's exactly right. They'll learn in spite of you, you know. Well, we've already figured that out. <laughs> so true. <clears throat> so why don't we share as we kind of close up this episode, what are some things that you really enjoyed? What I say is when I shake out the shiny boxes, mm-hmm. and the shiny box I'm talking about is all that curriculum that we either see in magazines, we go to the conventions and we see we're waiting for the shiny box to be delivered with all the goodies inside and sometimes we get trapped inside of that box and I've written about that get trapped in there but when you shake the box out when it's all said and done shake it out and what's left over the real stuff the real good stuff that works for your family have you found some real gems in your journey in homeschooling that you want to share with our moms Things that have really worked for us. And I feel like I'm a broken record sometimes because I, I talk about not grass history so much. I can't tell you how much it's worked for us. It's what it's what's working in my house this year. And we actually took on my, my high schooler and then my two middle schoolers are using not grass history for a majority of their homeschool, just like you were talking right. about. You know, they're doing the literature, literature pack. They're doing all of it, all of it, the Bible, all of it. Tyler's getting four credits this year 
just from Knotgrass. Wow. his studies. Yeah, world okay. um, history. So it's been a great asset for us. Um, to, math, teaching textbooks for me. Well, you and I both agree on that. Yes. I, we struggled with the math. Life of Fred, I will say this. My one, who's my high schooler, struggles with math. Life of Fred was a turnaround for him. Hmm. Life of Fred was okay. good. Now, he likes to read, so, you know, I necessarily, stories, yeah. Right. That's been one for me. For elementary, really, we loved Five in a Row. When you and I were talking, you had not heard of Five no, in a Row before. No, I can't tell you how. I can't wait. I love to be with you for these podcasts, but I can't <laughs> wait to get done with this podcast because we were really talking about Five in a Row at the beginning, and I can't wait to get off and go here and go Go learn get about all my it. books. Yes. yes. Go learn about so it. So Five in a Row, real quick, a lot of you, I'm sure, have heard of it. Uh, is where you, uh, the Lamberts wrote this, and it's been successful for many people. However, the idea is that it's very simple. And sometimes mothers have the idea that if it's too simple, it's not effective. Right. And that is not true. Five in a row, basically every week or however you schedule it, you read the same book every single day. And every day you're going to do something different. One day you're going to do geography. One day you're going to do math. One day you're going to do science. You're going to do writing. And so they're touching on all of the subjects with this one simple read aloud book. And they've chosen books that have stood the test of time. Really beautiful books. When we started that program early elementary, I would get them all from the library. But now I own most of them. Some are hard to find. And there's replacements and different things for that. But they're books that even now my kids are in the teenage years. We still have to bring them out and read them once in a while. So that's just been a tried and true great place for us at times. And then other things that we right now we're doing writers in residence. Have you heard of that? Mm -mm, No. I believe the author is Deborah Bell. And I want to say that you can buy her products through Apologia. I think she works with them. Okay, I think I know what you're talking about. But what I love about it is it's more of an all-in-one type Mm -hmm. of language arts program that is not tons of writing. And uh, this, it's a big, thick thing, but that's it. That's all the kids have. Now, Grayson is starting this. I think you can start it in middle school. And I believe that her concept is she might have four when she's done. That when when you've done that, she has prepared you for college writing and that type of thing. So it's really kind of going through all the language arts processes. If you've heard me talk before, we've used language learning language arts through literature for most of mm-hmm. our seasons in homeschooling. And I do enjoy that. However... I have found that if you don't start language arts until later, it's okay. Because you're really just, you're, you're repeating, repetition, right. repeating. Uh, if you have a late bloomer, <clears throat> it's hard for them because they don't get it and mm-hmm. don't understand. So even pushing some of that is okay. If your kids are ready for that earlier and they do well, that's great also. So I'm not saying not to do that, but that's what's worked for us. And of course, math, we're on the same page, teaching textbooks with that. So those are some of our favorites that we have, after we shake it all out, and the core, core things that we've used. 
my kids like we've done a lot of writing through geography. Okay, yeah. You know, through our travels and things like that. And, you know, just some simple ideas, not actually name brand things, but for me, notebooking and my boys won't lab book, of course. I tried to do that when they were younger and they did it, but they weren't real fond of it. But they'll notebook, they'll journal. They have their, what I've learned is that we, we're a journaling family. We just, we all do it differently. Like Different. Tori, okay. she's a very big lap booker. Taylor likes to do that sort of thing. She's more of a, like, I think she would, she's more of a scrapbooker really. So oh, okay. the way she kind of puts together her binders is in that form. And then the boys, they kind of have their own way that they, version. yeah, their own <laughs> version of that. But you know, it all kind of comes from the same idea. And for us, that is something that really works. Well, for you too, you, when you're traveling, you come across lots of different things. So for them, having that way to document Mm -hmm. what they're doing, that's going to be different in your household than it would be for us. Right. But I think that no matter who you are, you don't have to live full time in an RV to take, you know, that's what this show's about. You know, you can take advantage of your location no matter where in the world you are. And, you know, you can have a travel journal and use it right here at home. And I think that's such a great way to start just to, you know, document places you've been. I just talked with a mom at the Books and Beyond conference. We were talking about a trip that we made to Tallahassee uh, for something non-related to traveling. We had just went up there and I stuck some sketchbooks in the car and I had the all four of the kids. They were aggravated at first, but I pulled over there like, what are we doing? They thought I was going to get out and go to some store or something. And I handed them all a sketchbook and they sketched the state capitol building. Oh. And that was all. It literally took 15 minutes. It wasn't, you would be proud of me. It was not complicated. I threw some sketchbooks and some pencils in the car before we left. And I just pulled over. I let them sketch it. And that's all they done. They didn't have to do anything else. And they, they thought it was like, well, what's next? They right. What are was, you going to make me do now? Right. They, I think what they thought is we were going on some tour or some stuffy thing <laughs> with some congressperson. I'm like, no, I just wanted to sketch the Capitol building. And then when we got home... That a couple days later, I had them get their sketch back out, and then each one of them done. A, you know, I had Tyler learn a little bit more about you know state judicial laws or whatever. I tied it all to that sketch, but it was funny to me how them doing that in the beginning gave made them more invested in what we were doing a couple days later. And that's okay. the part I like about, you know, what we do. So you don't have to travel. I mean, I'm sure you go to, you know, some people go to soccer tournaments and, you know, you go right. here and, you know, right. different and things. And we're doing some backyard road school adventures. That's right. We are. And we are creating some videos mm-hmm. for our road school moms to share those adventures. Actually, photography is another thing a lot of children are interested mm-hmm. in, and that is a great way for them to document their school year as well. And let them be creative in that way if that is their bent. Let them create a little video for you. Right, and let me tell you, please do not make the mistake of putting your own limits and rules onto your child because yes, just because you want to take pictures and do a certain thing with them, like maybe you print yours all out and put them in of something and write down whatever that my oldest son, you know, he's a PowerPoint King. He loves to do power. So fine. Let him, let him do PowerPoint or let him paste the pictures onto a piece of cardboard and put punch a hole in them and put them on three rings and write on the back. I, there's so many things that you could do to document things like these road school adventures that we're talking about yes. from littles all the way to big. And it has nothing to do with what you want it to look like at the end. The important, there's two things to remember. How is your kid going to enjoy it? How's he going to enjoy documenting it and presenting it back to not only you, but to others. 
And how how is he going to learn from it? That Those are the two things that you have to keep in mind. The rest of it is immaterial. I want to make a point here. Let me see if I can get it out in the best way. <laughs> is as moms, we have a tendency to run the show only because we need to get this done and we need to do that with the math and all those mm-hmm. different things. And so then that lends us to say, okay, we're going to do a photography or whatever. And so I want you to do this, this, and this. It's okay to have parameters, but also don't stifle your children's creativity with right. your own rules. And you may not be thinking it that way. And listen, I've learned the hard way. Grant, my youngest, very hard-headed child. I don't know where he gets that from. Neither. <laughs> and he got a GoPro. It, it wasn't a GoPro. It was like a knockoff, you know, from his grandparents. And, of course, I'm like, okay, well, you have to do this, this, and this. And he had his own ideas that he didn't want to share with me because I was telling him what to do. Right. And he didn't want me to be a part of that experience that he got so excited about because I was telling him what to do. Right. And when I closed my mouth and I let him do whatever, he did some really cool stuff that I had no idea he even knew how to do. And I thought, Mama, you just better zip it. Get out of your own way. Get out of the way and let this boy have his fun. Get out of your own way and you'll be amazed at what happens. All right. Well, moms, road school moms, we've talked a little bit about the curriculum crunch and all that entails and in the end we really just want you to breathe we want you to look at your time find solutions for your time realistic realistic solutions take that big shiny box and shake it and shake it and shake it and just what little falls out is what we want you to work with right repackage that for your family and use it wisely yes all right until next time safe travels and god bless Thank you for joining us for another episode. Please remember to share your review with iTunes. Stay connected with the Road School Moms team from wherever in the world you are. Like our Facebook page for all the latest news. And join our private group for a more personal connection. You can also check our Pinterest boards for more resources and encouragement. Connect with me, Mary Beth, through my website at roadtripteacher.com. We invite you to leave comments, ask questions, and leave your prayer requests at roadschoolmoms.com. There, you can subscribe to our newsletter to keep up with all our adventures. To connect with me, Holly, visit thegilesfrontier.com. This has been a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.